For our meditation this evening, let's turn once again to the book of James, and we'll be reading the first 13 verses of the second chapter. James chapter 2, beginning with verse 1. My brethren, have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with respect of persons? For if there come unto your assembly a man with a gold ring, in goodly apparel, and there come in also a poor man in vile raiment, and ye have respect to him that weareth the gay clothing, and say unto him, Sit thou here in a good place, and say to the poor, Stand thou there, or sit here under my footstool. Are ye not then partial in yourselves, and are become judges of evil thoughts? Hearken, my beloved brethren, hath not God chosen the poor of this world, rich in faith, and heirs of the kingdom, which he hath promised to them that love him? But ye have despised the poor. Do not rich men oppress you and draw you before the judgment seats? Do not they blaspheme that worthy name by the which ye are called? If ye fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, ye do well. But if ye have respect to persons, ye commit sin and are convinced of the law as transgressors. For whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. For he that saith, do not commit adultery, said also, do not kill. Now if thou commit no adultery, and yet if thou kill, thou art become a transgressor of the law. So speak ye, so do, as they that shall be judged by the law of liberty. For he shall have judgment without mercy, that hath showed no mercy. And mercy rejoiceth against judgment." As we would move into the second chapter of James here, I do, or I found it interesting how it addresses a, a theme that is so relevant and, and current in the time that we live in. And certainly the events of this, of the past months, um, have changed so much in the world that we live in. And certainly the, Events more recently that have sparked um, countless riots all around the world and have given birth to a movement and, and raised uh, issues that perhaps were there um, really are ones that um, are addressed in, in this scripture that we have before us as well. And I certainly don't want to talk about that movement and, and give any um, uh, input on that. But really, just looking at this particular scripture and, and what it addresses for us as believers and what the Word of God has to say on this subject that is very clearly um, spoken of in, in, um, in this chapter and what James is addressing here. And that is the, the subject of partiality. And this is something that um, 
we all understand, and we see it around us, and it, we, we can call it other things, and, and it really it amounts to much the same. And whether we're talking about partiality or favoritism or, or biases or prejudices that um, we or anyone would have, or even uh, discrimination that, that happens. And we may feel and think that, well, as believers, these aren't really things that... Um, are part of our lives, but perhaps we need to look closer into our lives. When we, when we see the book of James and, and what he addresses many, many different subjects, and this being one of them, he is addressing believers and Christians, and yet he is very specifically addressing, uh, obviously, an issue that was present in the church. Presumably the, the church in, in Jerusalem, of which he was the leader, that this was going on. And, and we can even see as we look at the church in Jerusalem and the early church there, that, um, you know, as, as they gathered in one and had sold their belongings and were living as, as we understand it in community, we know that there arose murmurings among the believers, among those early Christians. And it was an account of, of perhaps some preferential treatment that was being given to some over others and really addresses this subject uh, that, that James is addressing here years later as he writes his epistle, perhaps something that kept creeping up and is certainly something that can continue to creep up. Um, certainly we see a lot of these things uh, running rampant in the world, but they can also be in the church as well. And hopefully there would be none of us here that would look down on, on someone that is of a different color um, or, or think less of them for that. But when we look at the scriptures um, and, and what it speaks to us, we can see that, that we can, even as James called out these early believers here on this sin of partiality. And we can become guilty of that sin as well. And, and perhaps by, by showing favoritism or, or bias and prejudice or discrimination. And we need to look at our, our lives. And you know, there's many things that divide people beyond the color of their skin. Certainly, um, you know, we see that all, all around us that, uh, and, and, you know, this text that we have, uh, identifies perhaps, um, what obviously was an issue there and is very much an issue in the world as well. And that is the divide that exists between the rich and the poor, between those that have and, and those that have not. And, and that causes a lot of, of, uh, sin and, and, and hurt and, and, uh, devastation in the world. But there are many other things that divide people as as well. And um, we know that uh, gender does, uh, religion does, ethnicity, um, different cultures that, that people grow up in, um, places that they, they come from. All of these, even education and even outward appearance, beauty or, or, or not, however one may, may look at that. All of these, and language, certainly something else that, that divides people. 
And, and those things have divided people um, for centuries, for millennials. And within the context of all of those, it is so easy for people to fall into this sin and, and of um, being partial, of being prejudiced, or, or looking at different people in different ways, even as these early believers did as well. And unless we really have a perspective of one another, and the world has a perspective of one another as God does, it's inevitable that these differences that exist, even exist among us here um, this evening and in, in, in the circles that we find ourselves in, it's inevitable that if we don't have God's perspective, that they will cause a lot of difficulty and sin to, to happen. And so James begins this chapter here and he says, My brethren, have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with respect of persons. And so as he introduces this topic, he points to Jesus Christ. As obviously as the one that, that ought, uh, that not only ought to be, but is the ultimate example. And, and the wording here is a little bit awkward, but essentially he is saying that, that if we have a, a true and a genuine and a real faith in Jesus Christ, that partiality is not going to be evident in our lives. It is something that, that should not be there. And he points to Christ as an example and, and he calls him here the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. And in a little bit I'll get to it, but we know that Jesus was in fact the, the, in Hebrews, um, the first chapter, it says that he was the express image of the Father. And so Jesus, um, in bodily form on this earth, he displayed the character and the um, glory of God, but also the character and and who and and what he was. And and Jesus was an example of impartiality as he walked and ministered here on this earth. We know that he looked into the heart of people and, and he could relate to all people. He, he broke through the different classes of people and certainly there were those that, that uh, opposed him and that he called out, but there weren't any that the gospel that he was preaching wasn't there to reach and to influence and to impact. And we see that in, in, different uh, examples um, as he reached out to the poor and and we often quote this scripture from Luke uh, chapter 4 where where it tells us exactly who he came to um, he anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor sent me to heal the brokenhearted we heard about that on Sunday to preach deliverance to the captives recovering of sight to the blind and to set at liberty them that are bruised to preach the acceptable year of the Lord and this was a message that really went out to all people whether it was the widows uh, like the widow um, who who gave just two mites that uh, that he particularly called out to um, we know that there, that those that were sinners, the Samaritan woman, 
um, Mary that uh, was sitting at uh, Jesus' feet in the house of Simon. And yet he was not uh, exclusively there to, to reach them, but also those like Zacchaeus, who, whose heart and life were to be transformed. And, and others, um, uh, Nicodemus, who, who was a leader, but whose heart was open to be able to receive the, the gospel message. And Jesus came to all that were willing to hear him and to receive the message and the gospel that, that he proclaimed. And he didn't see people so much for what they were doing or who they were and what class of people perhaps they fell in within that society, within the time that they, he was living and they were living. But rather, he saw them for who they could become if they would accept the gospel, if they could be and would be transformed by the gospel and become his follower. And and that's what he was looking for in all of them. And really, if... If we are showing partiality, which James is saying here in this first verse, if we are showing partiality in our lives, then that faith that um, Jesus proclaimed and that we are to have as children of God um, is not really real. There's something lacking in that, and it's it's it's. Um, If we are going to demonstrate a true and living faith, then it needs to be one in which there is no pers- uh, partiality. I mentioned it earlier, this verse in Hebrews chapter 1, of whom it says that Jesus, who being in the brightness of his glory, namely God's glory, and the express image of his person, And so when Jesus came into this world, he demonstrated for us in bodily form who God was and what God was like. And the Bible clearly teaches us that God is a God of um, without partiality. A number of scriptures that I would like to share with you uh, in relationship to that. In Romans chapter 2 verse 11, it very clearly says, For there is no respect of persons with God. And this, uh, this uh, idea of having respect of person uh, falls right along into this category of showing partiality, of, of um, uh, making a difference between people, treating people differently for, for often, uh, as we see it in the world, for reasons that they have no control over. People can't control the color of their skin or the place they were born or the nationality that they have or the language that they speak. Those things are given to them. Certainly other things like wealth perhaps or or places where people choose to live uh, are decisions that people make. But so many things are just a part of us and have been given to us. But God is not a respecter of persons, the Bible says. We find that in the Old Testament, especially as well, where it says in Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 17, For the Lord your God is a God of gods and Lord of lords, the great God, mighty and awesome, who shows no partiality. And certainly that is true. And and we might say, well, wait a minute. 
wasn't God partial in, in choosing the nation of Israel? In, in, in picking them to be his chosen people? Wasn't he being partial in that? When we look in, in the book of Romans where it says, and it, it, it really addresses this, it says, Paul poses this question, what then? Are we better than they? And this is uh, referring to the Jews and the Gentiles. And he asks us, are we better than them? No, he says, in no wise. For we have before proved both Jews and Gentiles that they are all under sin. And as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. As we'll see here shortly, God judges righteously and he judges all the Jews and the Gentiles, all people. Yes, he chose the the nation of Israel to be the ones that would bring forth the oracles and he chose them to be the ones that would represent him in many different ways. And sadly, they failed in that time and time again and brought upon themselves the judgment of God because he was not going to be partial. He was not going to treat them better or differently in their sin than he was the sin of others because he is not a respecter of persons and he is not partial. And God does judge without partiality. We see that. In Romans it says, Tribulation and anguish upon every soul of man that doeth evil, of the Jew first and also of the Gentile. God's judgment is equal and without partiality. In Colossians we read, But he that doeth wrong shall receive for the wrong which he hath done, and there is no respecter of persons. Time and time again, the word of God reminds us of this. And in 1 Peter chapter 1, And if ye call on the Father, who without respect of persons judges according to every man's work, Pass the time of your sojourning here in fear. And we should live in this godly fear, reverence towards God, recognizing that he is a righteous judge that will not simply overlook or excuse the wrong that we have done because we have grown up in a Christian home or because we belong to, to this church, this denomination, or, or have um, been given the word of God. God will judge righteously. But he also, in addition to that, he does reward without partiality, the Bible teaches us. In Romans, once again, it says, For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek, for the same Lord uh, over all is rich unto all them that call upon his name. And even though God did call out the nation of Israel for the purposes with for which he intended. With the coming of Jesus Christ, the Bible teaches us in Ephesians chapter 2 that that wall of partition between the Jew and the Gentile was broken down and now we all have the opportunity be, to become one in Christ. We all have the opportunity as all that will um, call upon him have to come and to be saved. Peter um, recognized that, even though he was um, heavily influenced, we might say, by the um, 
his surroundings and and the animosity that that existed between the Jews and the Gentiles and even in the early church that tension that existed because of that but God showed him very clearly when when he was to go and meet Cornelius that that he was not a respecter of persons and so in that account which I won't go into details but in Acts we can read about it in chapter 10 after this encounter, Peter um, has been shown very clearly, not only in a dream, but by God himself, uh, that God is a God without partiality, and that he um, is willing and wanting to reach out to all that will call upon his name and are searching for truth, as clearly Cornelius was. And so Peter, the Bible says, opened his mouth and said, of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. But in every nation, he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. And as this, in a sense, Peter's eyes were opened up to this truth. And even though as, as time went on, he very much became a, a um, apostle, um, a preacher to the Jewish uh, uh, the Jews that were scattered everywhere and, and was an apostle, as the Bible teaches us, to the Jews as much as Paul was an apostle to the Gentiles, he recognized that God was not a respecter of persons and that even as he had been called to reach the Jews, that the Gentiles had also been called and were being reached because that was part of God's plan. And it was a demonstration of the character of God. Of, of his very um, person and who he was, that he is, as the Bible says, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to the knowledge of the truth. That God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And in that inclusive uh, language that we find in Scripture, we know and are assured that God loves everyone and he wants all men to come to the knowledge of the truth, all men to come to repentance. And for those that will call upon his name and, and heed that call, he will be there to answer that for them. And so in those closing verses of the Bible, we read, and, and I'm sure that Thomas will get to that uh, very soon, that whosoever will may come. A demonstration of the impartiality of our Heavenly Father. And so as we look at this uh, um, chapter here in the next verses, uh, James clearly identifies a, a scenario for us that must have been happening. I don't think he just hypothetically gave the scenario, but he was actually addressing a concern that was going on in the church of partiality being shown, of respect of persons being shown, where someone that was rich and well-to-do came in and was being shown preferential treatment, whereas the poor were being sidelined or, or neglected or, or, or um, cast aside, so to speak. And he very clearly shows that this is wrong and that this is a sin. And he calls it out in, as he describes this scenario in verse four, he calls it out for what it really and truly is. And he says, are ye not then partial in yourselves? And so clearly he was 
referring to something that was actually going on and are become judges of evil thoughts. And in this, he was really showing that, that, that the outward actions that were happening of partiality and being a respecter of person was an outworking of what was in their hearts. And that in their hearts, as he says here, of evil thoughts or, or wrong thinking or, or unrighteous uh, thinking and, and, and that was in their hearts was coming out in the way they were treating both the rich and the poor. And, and really calling this out that this is, partiality is a heart issue. Sure, when we show respect of persons, when we show partiality, when we are biased, when we um, make a difference uh, between different people in ways that we shouldn't, those are actions, but they are a manifestation of what is in our hearts. And um, it's so easy for us to, to look on the outward and, and then to... to um, have attitudes towards someone or actions towards someone or to have certain feelings or even words towards people based on what we see and what we observe. Not realizing that God sees things differently and he sees the heart. We were reminded of that in, in 1 Samuel where it says, But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth. For man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. And as the Lord looks on the heart, he is looking for those that are are inclined to receive him and to believe in him and, and to follow um, in his ways. And he wants us to do the same thing, to look beyond what we see with our eyes or hear with our ears and look into the heart of people. And recognize that everyone is someone that Jesus Christ died for. That everyone is someone that has value in the sight of God. Because all of us are, as the Bible says, wonderfully and fearfully made. That, that every one that has been born, all of mankind is precious in God's eyes. And we ought to see it in the same way. As we move, uh, there's really more that we could dwell on here, but moving down to verses 8 and 9. James says, If ye fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, thou shalt, and then he gives that law, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, ye do well. And possibly a, a a correlation with this royal law or the golden rule that that it's often referred to, not only loving our neighbor as ourselves, and we know that our neighbor is is everyone around us that is in need, that touches our lives. They become our neighbor. They become the one that we are to love and show love to. But that we would also, as, as Jesus taught, do to them the very thing that we would want them to do to us. And none of us wants to be um, treated with partiality or, or with respect of person or all of these other things that I've mentioned. And so we too should not do that as well. But then in verse 9, he says, But if ye have respect to persons, ye commit sin and are convinced 
of the law as transgressors. And he can't really say it much stronger than that. To have uh, this partiality is to commit sin. And and we can somehow sometimes um, brush that off and, and maybe say, well, they rub me the wrong way or I don't really... Um, get along with them or, or, and, and some of those things may be true. But if those things cause us to treat them with partiality or treat them differently, then the Bible says we are sinning and that that is wrong. So we move on to verses 12 and 13 to finish up here. It says, so speak ye and so do ye as they that shall be judged by the law of liberty. For he shall have judgment without mercy that hath showed no mercy, and mercy rejoiceth against judgment. In other words, so speak ye, so do ye. Our words need to match our actions. And we cannot say that, that we are being faithful to the Lord and living out his word if we are showing partiality. And this is really the message that, that James is giving throughout his book, but especially in, in this particular reading of scripture here that we have had tonight, that what we say we believe needs to be demonstrated by how we live our lives. And that that becomes so important. Why? Because we will be judged accordingly. If we are being partial, if we are being prejudiced, if we are showing bias or respect of person, or if we are not being merciful or compassionate to, to people in their need and, and demonstrating that respect of person by our lack of mercy or our lack of compassion or not caring or being interested in them, then we bring judgment upon ourselves as well. And God really wants to emphasize to us that the mercy that has been shown to us is the mercy and compassion that we should show to others without having any respect of person. Recognizing that when we have become believers, when we have become Christians, that those differences have been put aside. The scripture very clearly teaches us this. Like to just read a couple verses in, in Colossians and in Galatians. It says, where there is among believers, among the Christians, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free, but Christ is all and in all. And certainly he was speaking to the things that divided people at that time and in that day and age. And Many of those things still exist today, and today we may have other things that also divide, as I mentioned earlier. But in Christ, none of these things should divide us, and none of these things should cause us to be partial one towards another. In Galatians, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither bond nor free, there is neither male nor female, for ye are all one. In Christ Jesus. And for that reason, we should treat each other equally. Not always the same, because obviously we will treat each other um, differently sometimes because of relationships and those that we are closer to and, uh, than others. But equally in the sense that we would show that mercy and that compassion and that love the way Jesus would want us to. 
Jesus, in closing, spoke um, these words, and he said, um, For whosoever exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. And he was in a particular um, setting uh, where obviously there was some partiality, where there was some respect of person uh, going on. And then then he gave this hypothetical scenario, and he said, when you are invited to a feast or to a banquet, that um, he said, don't invite your, your friends and your brothers, or your brethren, your relatives and neighbors, um, those that can invite you back um, and will... Um, Um, and that will be your only reward. He says, instead, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. And this is a, a practical uh, application and, and lesson for us, and, and something that perhaps we need to ask ourselves. Are we, maybe even in small ways at times, being partial in maybe the people that we invite or associate with? Maybe even not consciously that we would gravitate towards other and, and perhaps even in small ways or even bigger ways show respect of persons. Are we fulfilling what, what Christ is really speaking about here, about being very intentional about not being partial and not being a respecter of person and very consciously and intentionally reaching out to the very types of people that he himself, Jesus himself, was also reaching out to. The ones that he noticed, the ones that had been cast aside by society, that had been marginalized by society, but the very ones that he came to to save and to heal and to help because they were the ones that were open to the gospel and willing to receive it. And so let me just leave this thought with all of us, asking ourselves, are we guilty of this sin of partiality? And I think in some way, in some ways, all of us have been. And really examine our hearts, and because that's where it begins, but also our lives and our actions, and, and see if, if perhaps we have shown that partiality, that respect of person, maybe some biases, um, on account of the differences that that may be there between us and between the people that we rub shoulders with, and that we would do everything that we can to love as Jesus loved, that we would fill, fulfill that royal law of loving our neighbor as ourself and doing to others the very things we would want them to do to us. Amen.